Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. It's good to be with you both here in Montgomeryville Online. We are week number four of our sermon series, Influencers, man. And we have been talking about the idea is, hey, if you're going to be alive, you want your life, especially as a Christian, you want your life to have influence. You want your life to point people towards Jesus. You, you want, you, at the end of your life, a great goal for your life is you're not going to be at your funeral. Did you know that? And so, uh, but if you were at your funeral, if you had a chance to look down at your funeral, what you want people talking about is you don't want them talking about your house or your boat or your hair or your accomplishments or, or your possessions or all those things that we spend so much of our life on. What you want them talking about is your influence. This, this, this person influenced my life. This person led me towards Jesus. I remember when this person took time out of their busy life to meet me when I was in a really desperate time. I remember when this person had a conversation that was influential in my life. I want to have influence in my life. And here's the problem with influence is it's not given to you. You have to gain it. And a lot of us won't do the work to, to, gain, to gain influence. And without influence, you live a purposeless life. And so we've been working we're working through these five eyes. Remember, I talked about integrity. That's the beginning of influence. You got to be a consistent person that earns you trust. Trust is what you need for influence. Then we talked about relationships, the interconnection. And then last week, I talked to you about the power of finding somebody to mentor, somebody that you see some potential and somebody to invest in. Today, I want to talk to you on the fourth eye, information. Christians are experts at information. We are experts. We have spent most of our lives, most of our lives as Christians is spent in the classroom, right? Like most of our, if you ask people, what do you, I go to a Bible study and I, and I, and I go to church and I, I read and I listen and I do this. And then you ask somebody, okay, how many people have you led to the Lord? Right? It's like that commercial where they ask the person, remember this older commercial where they asked the girl, uh, they look at her and they say, what, are, what do you have? What, what qualifications do you have, right? This is pre-pandemic. Now, if you breathe, you can get hired, right? And so, but pre-pandemic, what qualifications do you have? And she said, I don't have any, but I have a beautiful personality. Remember that commercial? No? She would smile. I have a beautiful, like, well, I don't lead anybody to Jesus and nobody ever listens to me, but I know the book of Romans, the Roman roads. I know I've, read, I've studied Revelation because Christians are always experts in Revelation, I know the Bible front and back. I know every song on the new Hillsong album. I know all of the inf information. And here's what I found out. A lot of times, all of our information leads to very little transformation in our world. You ever notice that? And we'll blame people. Like, hey, just, they just, they're just not interested in the things of God. They just, people just are not tuned into God. And, and the problem is, when you read about God when he came to this earth, guess who the majority of the people were that wanted to listen to him? Not the church people. The Bible says when Jesus showed up, the church people stood at a distance and yelled about him. You know who was attracted to Jesus? The sinners, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, the down and out, the broken, the demon possessed. Those were the people that leaned in. And so the problem is not Jesus. The problem oftentimes is in the way that we present the information to people. You got to know what you're talking about 
But what you're talking about also has to lead to people's ears and see and understanding and listen to you to have transformation. I'll give you this example. How many in, in this room, uh, both campuses, maybe online, you can type it in the chat if you're there. How many Lowe's fans do we have? Lowe's, Lowe's, anybody like Lowe's, Lowe's? Listen, I'm only gonna give you two options. You gotta vote for one. How many of you like Lowe's? I'm not giving you Target. You're not gonna have a chance to vote if you're a girl for Target and so, or guy, whatever. And so, how many Lowe's fans? Put your hands up. How many Home Depot fans we have? Hands up. Okay. Half of, you, half of you did what I asked you to do. The other half, you didn't. we're going to do it again until you do. How many Lowe's fans? Put your hands up. Lowe's fans, Lowe's fans. How many Home Depot fans? Okay, more of you Home Depot fans. I'm assuming, I'm assuming in Montgomeryville you are as well, right? And so, and let me just explain to you why. If you voted for Lowe's, you put your hand up. You know Lowe's. They have the, they have the blue or red or people in there. You go to Home Depot, they got the guys in orange or girls in orange. Okay, there's a very distinct difference between these two places. I don't know if you knew this or not. They sell the same things, they have the same tools, you know, pretty much, not some same brand, but same, same kind of tools. They have lumber, you need to do your bathroom, they got tile, they got faucets, they got ceiling fans, they got can lights, they, they, they got light switches, they got plants, right? They got all of the same things. You get the same experience at both of them when it comes to what they sell, right? If you ever ask a worker, if you, if you can't find something at Lowe's or Home Depot, like, if, like some of you, especially males, what I found is we're super prideful and you're like, I'm not asking. I'll spend four hours in here looking for a thingamajiggy because I don't want to ask somebody about the thingamajiggy because that's not the right name for it, but I don't care. Like I'll just stop somebody. I don't even try to look. I just ask them, right? And here's why that I like, if you put your hand up for Lowe's, you're, you're wrong, right? And here's, <laughs> he, here's why, here's why. Both of them have the same thing, right? Both of them get the same things. If you ask somebody for Lowe's, where the thingamajiggy's at? Most of the time at Lowe's, and this is pre-pandemic, my experience, maybe stuff's changed. They will go like this. They will say, it's in aisle six to 10. <laughs> Halfway down, depending on where you're going. Look up. It might be down. Stand. You know where this is at. Okay, just go. And you just go. Right? They gave you the information, and they just sent you on your way. And so you go, right? You're like, I wish they would have came with me. At Home Depot, if you stop somebody, hey, hey, I don't know where the thingamajiggy's at. It is policy at most Home Depots, pre-pandemic, that if you don't know where it's at, guess what they do at Home Depot? They'll hold your hand if you want them to. <laughs> hi-ho, hi-ho. It's off to aisle 10. We go. This kid is lame. He has no brain. Hi-ho, hi-ho. Right? Talking about me, not the worker. And so, right? And they'll lead you right to it. And you'll, here, here it is. And they'll actually hand it to you. One gives you information and says, go. One gives you information and say, hey, I've been there before. Let's go. The information's the same. One says, I think it's over there. One says, come on, let, let's go. Which one do you think's better? Let me answer the question for you. It's not Lowe's. Stop going to Lowe's. Think about our lives. We want to give people information from afar. Just go. Jesus got it. Type it online. Give people our information from a distance, never being close enough to actually interact with them. But there's some Christians that have figured out, I can give you the same information, but that information that I have in my head, it has to go a little deeper. In leadership circles, they call this the travel agent versus tour guide mentality. 
Some of us are travel agents as leaders, as Christians, and some of us have realized that that's kind of effective, but what's better than a travel agent is a tour guide. In other words, a travel agent, what would they do? They'll tell you where the good trip is at. They'll tell you where the best tickets are at. They'll tell you what to do when you get there. They'll give you a pamphlet, run down the options. They'll tell you about somewhere, but here's the ticket. Most of them never been there. A tour guide's different. You'll show up there. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I feel like such a, you know, a foreigner in this land. I don't know where the good restaurants are at. I, you know, I, I'm in Rome, and I ended up eating at Chili's because I don't know where the good, you know. It's like, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, I went to Olive Garden when I went to Rome instead of going to, like, Italian place. And, like, I don't know what to do. And so the, the, sometimes you get to a place, and you go, I need a, I need a what? I need a tour guide. What's a tour guide? A tour guide is going to lead you somewhere they've already been. See, the difference between so many of us when it comes to the information, because the information is not the problem. Let's stop saying that. The truth is the truth. The Bible says the truth is designed to set people free. Jesus will change people forever. The problem is not in Jesus. Oftentimes, the problem is in the way that we present the truth and the information. Too many of us are travel agents. You just go there. You just turn right. You look up and down. And they say, well, have you ever been there? Well, I've never went through that. I've never went through that. I don't know what that's like. I don't even know what you're talking about, but you just go there. Other people that grab you by the hand. I've been there before. I've gone through these things. I've experienced these things. I've had this situation happen. Let's go. I'll show you how to get through this. Same information, different mentality. I want to show you this in, this, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the Bible. You'll be surprised by this, but Jesus had problems with some people. I don't know if you knew this or not. He's Jesus. He's perfect, and he has problems, and he actually had issues with some people. And what's funny about, about church people is most of the time we have issues with the people that Jesus liked and we're cool with the people that Jesus had issues with. I don't know if you ever noticed that or not. Like Jesus' main issues were with the religious people. Like if you can read scripture, he hated sin and he wanted to save people. That's why he came. But a lot of times the issues that he had, the arguments that he got in, the debates that he got in, they weren't with, they weren't with the unsaved people or, 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 or the non-Christians or the sinners. They were with the church people. One of the groups of people he had problems with were the Pharisees. And oftentimes in my life, I have found myself being at the seat on the level of a Pharisee without even knowing it. See, what a Pharisee was is a Pharisee was a super religious person. In fact, by the time Jesus came, they had 600. They had turned the law of God, the perfect law of God, and they had interpreted it into 600 of their own laws that you had to follow to actually be a Pharisee. Like if you wanted to be who they were, hang out where they hung out, be a part of their club, there was 600 laws that you had to follow. And how many of you know if you give a human being 600 things they have to do, they're going to mess up? That's the point of the law. God doesn't give us the law for us to go, okay, got that, got that, got that, got that. Okay, I'm good. He gives us the law for us to go, shoot, crap, <laughs> dang, oh no, I deserve hell, Jesus, right? I just summed up the gospel for you. That's the, the law was not broken. The law was given to us to reveal our sinful nature and tell us we need Jesus, but they didn't see it like that. They were like, Check, check, got it, I'll add to that, right? So Jesus, he comes at them in Matthew chapter 23. It's one of my favorite chapters, right? Matthew chapter 23, Jesus begins to preach to the Pharisees, about the Pharisees, loud enough for them to hear. It's not like he gathered people and gossiped about them. He starts talking about them right in front of them. The, the Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, 
the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they sit in Moses' seat, which was the seat of judgment, the seat of the law. It's not a bad seat, the Bible says. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but do not do what they do. For what they do, they, what they, 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 they don't do what they say they're going to do. They don't practice what they preach. He says this, they tie up heavy cumbers and loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger. They do all this religious stuff, but they don't even serve other people. Everything they do is for people to see. By, by the way, you can start doing a Pharisee checklist. Everything they do is people to see. If every time you do something good for God, you quit, take a picture, put it on social media, you might be a Pharisee. You, you might be a Pharisee. If you come here and you act one way and you get in your car and you go back to the fight that you were having with your spouse before you got here, you might be a Pharisee. Not because you got in a fight, but because the whole time you're here, you got the Christian smile on and you're faking it. If you're mad, be mad, get over it, move on, go get lunch after this. Right? But if you, if you act one way around certain people and then you flip and you act another way around different people, you might be, might be a Pharisee. Goes on to say this. This part always cracks me up. He says, they make their phylacteries wide and their tassels on their garments long. They, they got so religious they started making clothing that deemed them religious they got tassels they would tie them they made them extra long right then they had these boxes called phylactery phylacteries and they were basically they read an old testament scripture and the old testament scripture talked about wearing the word of god on your head and they took that literal and eventually they started making boxes and they would roll up scripture you couldn't even read scripture but they would stick it in the box and they would walk around so people would know how pious and religious they were jesus says not only are you wearing those boxes but you have a competition to see whose box can be biggest somebody say i would never do that i'm not that type of person man that kind of crap goes on all the time in churches that is, that, is, that is a great definition of the culture of many church people. You might be a Pharisee, he says. He says they love the place of honor at banquets and most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by, by others. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher. You're all brothers. Don't let anyone on earth call you father for you have one father and he's in heaven. And then he goes on to say this in verse number 12. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. And then he goes to these seven woes. You can read them in scripture. He starts to attack them. He says, you're whitewashed tombs. You clean the outside of your cells, but the inside is dirty. You go, you go all the way to the end of the earth to convert one person to the same faith that you have, yet you make them worse off than before, which is what religion does. Is it an information problem? No. They have the right information. They've missed Jesus by 18 inches. They have them here. They don't have them here. I don't know if you ever noticed this about your own life. You can have all the information in your life and people can be impressed by your smarts, but they are only influenced and impacted by your heart. You can impress people up here. You can quote scripture. You can tell them about all the things that you've learned, all the books that you've read, and you can speak to people and they might be impressed with your knowledge but they'll only be transformed by your heart, the information that has changed your heart. So the problem with the Pharisees is Jesus is going, you have the right information, but you're leading people like the workers at Lowe's do. 
You're trying to point people towards something you've never been. Never been. Your life isn't changed. Your heart isn't different. You always want to be served. You're not humble. Everything you do is done for people to see. You don't understand that what you do in private without the need of approval, of acceptance of other people that God will reward. You miss it. So what I love about the Bible then is Jesus has a problem with the Pharisees, but they're not outside of his redemption. See, if you struggle with the religious spirit and you're like, I don't understand, I got all the knowledge, but Jesus never uses me to change anybody. The cool thing about the Bible is Jesus then saves a Pharisee to become the greatest missionary this world has ever seen. So he has a problem with these guys because they have information without transformation. And then he finds a guy who's filled with information and filled with rage and he changes his life and uses him to impact the world. His name is Paul. And I want to show you the difference because Paul has what I would call tour guide influence. And I want that for my own life. I want tour guide influence in my life. And let me just give you a few thoughts about the life of Paul as we study through some of the things he said. The first thing is this. If you want your information about Jesus to make a difference in other people's lives, you got to understand that your experience is what matters. Your, your experience is what matters. You can't take somebody somewhere that you've never been. You can't lead somebody towards Jesus in an area you've never been. Some of you want to tell somebody about heaven and hell and how heaven is important and it's on the other side of eternity and it's where God has prepared a place for you and it's what this world is all about, making sure you're right with God and it's heaven, 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 yet you live the majority of your life outside of church as if this is heaven. You spend all of your time thinking about the temporary. Some of you want to talk about how God will lead you through difficult situations and valleys and all these things. Yet every time you go through a difficult situation, you begin to leave church. You begin to peace out. You begin to waver in your faith. You begin to be like everybody else. You can't take somewhere, somebody somewhere you're not. I don't know if you've ever been to a restaurant and you ask a waitress or waiter about the food and they say something like this. They say, oh, I don't know. I, never, I, I work here, but I never ate any of the food. And you're like, wait, you don't, you don't, you don't smoke what you sell here. You, you, you don't eat here? No, I just, this is a job. I don't know about you, but I don't feel comfortable with that. I don't feel comfortable with, or, what do you suggest? I don't know. Just pick something. <laughs> you ever been to a restaurant? I won a few, few, few months back, this, this southern restaurant. It was southern cooking up here, and, and I sat down, and uh, we sat down, and I asked, we asked the waitress. I said, we said, what do you suggest? The menu looked great. What do you suggest? What have you had? And she, she almost pulled a chair. She just sat down. Right? Basically, she was just looking at, she like put her thing, put her book down, put her pen down. I'm like, what's going on? And she just went into this dialogue describing the food. And I, literally, by the time she was done, my mouth was watering. She talked about chicken and waffles and this meatloaf and this and that and the sweet tea. You got to try the sweet tea. And we're just, I'm, I'll take all of it. I'll take everything that you just said. If I will be like you when you're done, when I'm done, I want that, right? And I just thought to myself, do you see the difference? Like one waiter or waitress, I never, I never ate here. I don't know, I've never been there. Another waiter or waitress, let me explain to you. Let me tell you. Let me show you how good it is. And I want you to understand, if you want to have what I would call tour guide influence in your life when it comes to the information that you have about Jesus.